So this week's lecture starts with the three-part um, presentations. The first one is going to be anemia. So the, the basic definition of anemia is a reduction in the total number of circulating uh, red blood cells uh, or a decrease in the quality and quantity of the, of the hemoglobin. When we look at anemia, some of the causes are impaired RBC production, bleeding, um, cell destruction, or hemolysis, or any combination thereof. Different types that we'll talk about are aplastic anemia, uh, diamond black fan anemia, beta thalassemia, G6PD deficiency, and sickle cell disease. Now with aplastic anemia, uh, essentially what happens here is the bone marrow stops making your red blood cells. So you have a hypoplastic or aplastic marrow, um, which affects your red cells, white cells, and your platelets. So you have a pancytopenia, uh, anemia with a leukopenia, and thrombocytopenia. These patients present with uh, increased uh, bleeding, ecchymosis, petechiae, shortness of breath, fatigue, altered mental status, difficulty concentrating. Our diagnostic studies are going to be our CBC for the anemia, checking for leukopenia and thrombocytopenia, and we can also do a bone marrow biopsy. Our plan for these patients will include immunosuppression, steroids, blood transfusions. Um, some patients may require bone marrow transplant, and then we'll want to do good follow-up with both a hemonc team as well as a bone marrow transplant team and endocrine. Now, diamond black fan anemia is a rare congenital hypoplastic anemia um, with a constitutional bone marrow failure. It presents with a normal chromic uh, microcytic anemia, and you see a leukopenia as well as thrombocytopenia with these patients. They present very similar as well with pallor, dyspnea, hypotonia, irregular heartbeat, fatigue, syncope, failure to thrive. They can also be associated with other types of congenital defects, such as craniofacial defects, hands and upper limb abnormalities, cardiac defects, and genital urinary uh, abnormalities. Our plan for these patients are going to include bone marrow biopsy, um, which will, will see a decreased cellularity. They can also have adenosine uh, demonase activity testing done. And again, we're going to treat these very similar to our aplastic, aplastic anemia patients with steroids, bone marrow transplant, or excuse me, steroids and blood transfusions first, but they may require bone marrow transplant. And again, they'll need appropriate follow-up. Next, we'll talk about beta thalassemia. These patients have a hypochromia, microcytosis with an abnormal RBC. They have these target cells and teardrop cells, also known as, also known as dacrocytes. The anemias are characterized by uh, defective hemoglobin synthesis and an ineffective erythropoiesis. It's autosomal recessive. There's um, alpha thalassemia and beta thalassemia Beta thalassemia major is also known as Cooley's anemia. We often see, the, often see this in patients with a Mediterranean background. So these are patients that are from, uh, that have Greek descent, Italian descent, or even Arabic descent. Um, often these patients will start developing symptoms right around two to, two to six months of age. Their presentation includes hepatosplenomegaly, pallor, irritability, uh, growth developmental delays, as well as jaundice. We'll treat them with the diagnostic workup of a CBC, retic count. Um, often we can do a hemoglobin electrophoresis, and we'll notice that there's an absence of hemoglobin A with two alpha and two beta chains. Plan for these patients include transfusion, um, uh, splenectomies. Um, we can do iron chelation therapy, hydroxyurea, and stem cell, stem cell transplant. 
Next, we'll talk about G6PD deficiency. This is a glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase um, deficiency, which can lead to a hemolytic anemia. Now, often these patients do not have any symptoms. The symptoms are induced by some type of oxidative stress uh, event. So many of these patients have no anemia, no hemolysis, but when they're, they're under conditions of stress, they may manifest the hemolysis um, and anemia. These exacerbations usually occur within 24 to 72 hours of that oxidative challenge. Some patients, it's just eating fava beans, which can cause the problem, but they can also have it from medications that induce it, such as aspirin, quinolones, some of the anti-malarial treatments. Uh, inf infection can also be another issue. They may also present with dark brown urine due to that, that um, drastic uh, event of the hemolysis. They'll be jaundiced, and they can also have hepatosplenomegaly. In neonates, it's often thought that many of the neonates that we take care of in the NICUs may have some type of G6PD deficiency. And usually there's a peak incidence of around two to three days of life um, with their jaundice. Um, our plan of care will do a CBC, which we note that there's a severe anemia. Often the hemoglobin is around 2.5 grams per deciliter. There's an increase in the RDW, increase in the retic count, increase in white blood cell count, as well as an increase in the unconjugated bilirubin with normal LFTs. We'll, we'll transfuse them if their hemoglobin drops below 7. Um, in the neonatal population, um, we can treat the elevated bilirubins like we would with any other cause, you know, using our bil uh, our phototherapy, hydration, and in some severe cases, we can do exchange transfusions. Last one we'll talk about is our sickle cell disease. Here, sickle cell, it's a, the gene original, originated from as a protective mutation against malaria. It's autosomal recessive, um, and the mutation is essentially just a single amino acid um, change in the beta globin uh, chain. And here we have a nice picture of both a normal red blood cell as well as a sickled cell. In, in sickle cell disease, there are polymers that are formed when the, the cells are deoxygenated. And this tendency is dependent on its concentration. So for those patients that have sickle cell trait, they won't develop sickle cell disease per se because they don't have a high enough concentration of the hemoglobin S. Uh, other hemoglobin variants that you may see out there are AF, which is your fetal hemoglobin, um, A2 and C. Their presentations usually include a vasoocclusive sickle cell crisis, which is often pain-related, um, and they may have symptoms of an inflammatory process as well. And this is most likely due to the bone marrow ischemia that we see. They can often have this hand-foot syndrome, which is also known as dactylitis, where there's pain and swelling in the hands and feet. And they can also develop pallor, jaundice, and splenomegaly. Complications that we see, again, are that pain, dactylitis, infection. But in the, on the more severe end, we can have stroke. And usually this is due to uh, ischemic changes versus a bleed. Um, they can have acute chest, pneumonias. Um, they can have splenic sequestration as well as priapism. In your vaso-occlusive pain crisis, again, you're getting a decrease of blood flow because if we think about sickle cell disease in itself, these sickled cells have these C-shaped to them. And what happens is they stockpile in the smaller vessels leading to ischemia, and that's where the pain develops from. Um, this vaso-occlusive pain can, can be worsened through stress, infections, extreme weather changes, or temperature changes, fever, and dehydration.
when we look at stroke, again, it's more likely due to an infarction versus a hemorrhage. Um, the most common initial presentation is a hemiparesis, and treatment is required um, as soon as possible. And often we'll try to do exchange transfusions to help these patients out. With acute chest, um, they will have uh, obviously respiratory symptoms. So they have dyspnea, tachypnea, um, difficulty breathing. And they'll complain, uh, they'll have uh, fever, complaints of chest pain or back pain. When we do our chest x-ray, we'll notice that there's significant infiltrates. And often when you look at their chest x-ray, it can be completely whited out depending on how severe it is. But usually it concentrates and initiates in the lower lobes, which is affected more frequently. Our treatment plan would be to treat the pain, of course, give them adequate fluid hydration so that we can help prevent some of that um, sickling effect. We can give them medications such as hydroxyurea, which increases your fetal hemoglobin, which leads to an overall increase in hemoglobin, and it decreases the amount of neutrophils, monocytes, and reticulocytes, and platelets. Um, we have to make sure that we use special considerations in children that are of childbearing age. All right, that concludes this first uh, presentation, uh, and I'll see you on the next one.